Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. So, uh, once again, welcome, and if you're joining us online, we want to say thank you for being here as well, and we're so glad that you're joining us today and uh, choosing to take this time with us. Uh, we are in a series on the book of James. It's the study of James. Uh, we've a, kind of a named it all day, every day, because the book of James is written to some Jewish believers who had basically kind of fallen astray, kind of went a different direction, and James is from following after God in a way they should be, and James is reminding them, hey, you guys, you're straying away from the godly habits that you should have in your life. Anybody relate to that today? Yeah. I mean, all of us can, as, long as, as soon as different circumstances come in our life or difficulties or, or maybe everything is really hunky-dory and all of a sudden we start to stray away from God's plan for our life. And James is writing this letter to those Jewish believers and says, hey, guess what? You need to reestablish some good godly habits in your life. And guess, that, guess what we'll do? that will do for you? It will bring a stability into your life that you are missing. It's a really practical book. I used to make my kids read this when they got in trouble. I sent them to the room and say, read the book of James, especially chapter 3. And we're going into chapter 3 today. So we're excited. So chapter 3 is all about the power of the tongue, the power of our words. How our words can have can either bring life or they can bring death. So I'm excited to share with you today this message. It's along our theme all day, every day. And I really believe that this message is a very practical truth that will lead us into even a greater dependence upon the power of God. I truly believe as Christians, as we're following after Christ, so many who have chosen to follow Christ have never experienced the power of God. What do you mean by that, Pastor Tom? We're following from a distance. We've never gotten close enough to his spirit, to, to Jesus, where all of a sudden the power of God starts to um, direct us, lead us, guide us. And we're going to talk about all of that here today. Let's start by reading James chapter 3. We're going to read quite a bit of God's word today because I love God's word. And we're going to go from verse 1 through verse 12. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, amen, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the, ports, or all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is, whole, it, it is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. For it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and our Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. 
Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Lord, I pray right now that the power of your word will touch our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's begin with this simple truth. And I love how James starts this off. We're going to skip verse 1. We're going to come back to it. But I want to start in verse 2 because I think it's so powerful. And we're going to need this today because James is really stepping on us today, okay? He's stepping on our toes. And we need this first start, which will help us to have the grace to be able to get through this message. He says, we all make mistakes. Not a few. Not some. He says, many Wrong that time. Don't, don't be wrong. You've got to be many, not all, many mistakes. He makes many mistakes. And I think what James does here is so important because as James is exhorting us to basically pick up our game, he recognizes that in our humanity that we are frail, that we are imperfect. So no one is, James is not saying you're perfect. He's not trying to make you perfect. He's just trying to direct you to a more perfect path. Amen. So James is specifically referring to our words, and I think we can relate to James, what James is trying to say. How many have ever said something that you regret? How many have ever sent a text that you regret? Or an email? Oh my gosh, one time in my life I sent a text and I thought it was going to someone else, and man, God caught me in the moment, and I sent it, and it went to the person, and God corrected my life in that moment. It was, it was a great correction for me. It was embarrassing for me, but it was a great correction because all of a sudden God curbed my, not just my mouth, but my fingers. Watch what you text. Watch what you tweet. Watch what you put out there. I think what James is doing is so important because as James is exhorting us to basically pick up our game, he also recognizes our frailty and imperfection. James is specifically referring to our words, and I think we can all relate to that, what he's saying into our lives. It's so important to understand because it allows us to live under the grace of God and not in some made-up fantasy world that becomes religious or condemning because we can condemn one another. We can become religious with one another all day long, every day. Because we can, I mean, I can pick out any of you and find words that you've said and say, oh, look at you, look at that. We're not, I'm not called to do that. All I'm called to do is look at my words. How could I improve my life? So we're going to live under God's grace today because we're all imperfect. We all live in imperfection, but we are constantly striving towards the obedience of God by the power of his Holy Spirit. And when we understand that, that's where true life change takes place. Several truths I want to share with you today, and the first one is this, that your tongue is powerful. Your words are powerful. And your words are directly connected to you. When What you say matters. You see, so many times what we do is we just say something, we don't really think our words are that powerful, that our words really matter. But I want to tell you today, when your words leave you, and when someone else hears those words, those words are forever connected to you. They really are. They're a powerful word. When you share something, they go, oh. And people, right, wrong, or indifferent, people will have a perception of you by the words that speak come from your mouth. It's true. The tongue is powerful. It matters. Your words matter, and they will lead you physically, spiritually, and emotionally. There have been multiple studies that share that people who have positive words are healthier, both physically, emotionally, spiritually, and the opposite is true as well. People who live in negative words, 
Guess what? They have more difficult physic, fit with physical issues. They have more difficult spiritually. They have more difficult emotionally. It really matters in our life. And I think the reason that James states in verse 1 that not many of you should become teachers is because a teacher uh, influences people. They have a platform just like a pastor can influence people. They have a platform, and not many of you should choose it. Not meaning that we should have teachers. We, we need teachers. We need pastors. But what he's trying to say is, hey, recognize what you're stepping into because your words have the power to influence others. And guess what? You're going to be judged according to the words that you use. It's why, man, if you understand who I am as a, as a pastor, I stick close to the Bible. That scripture scares me to death. That I'm going to be judged by for every... I'm going to stick close, as close to the Bible as possible because I want truth to come from my mouth. Amen? We all, want, we all should have that in our lives. In verses 3 through 6, James gives us several illustrations by which he compares the power of the tongue. How a small bit in a horse's mouth can lead, lead a horse. And I don't know if you ever lead the whole body. And it's just a small bit in the mouth. But with that bit and with the reins, you can turn that horse and make it go whatever direction you want to go. And it's just a, just a bit in his mouth. He also uses the illustration of a rudder on a ship. A ship can be massive, and there can be a rudder back there that can bring that ship, can steer that ship even through the most difficult storms. That rudder gives that direction. It has power. And then the last one that he references is how a small spark doesn't take much. We know this, man. Living here in Southern California, we understand how a small spark can set off a fire. I was thinking about these fires that were just set. They were doing a, a photo shoot out, out on the brush. And, it, and they were doing some fog machine or something. And it lit, the, it lit a place on fire. And they couldn't contain it. It all of a sudden just got away from them. And it became a massive wildfire. The, two, the last two illustrations that James shares with us really gives us a sense that our words are not just about us. But really it affects others. And if you, if you don't believe me. We usually, it looked like it was getting sunny. We usually had uh, young people that go down to the beach every Sunday after church. If you want to join them, talk to Brett. He'll tell you where to go and all that kind of stuff. They have a blast down at the beach. And, and you know, if you, if you don't think your words matter, next time you go out and play out in the water, just yell shark several times and see what happens. <laughs> don't do that. But I want you to recognize that words do matter. They do have power. See, your words can encourage or they can discourage. Your words can forgive or your words can condemn. Your words can exhibit love or they can exhibit hate. Your words have the power to influence, not just yourself, but others. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12 that one day we will all be given account for every careless word that we have spoken. What a thought. Why will we have to give an account? The only reason is because words have impact, because words are powerful. James is driving this point home because so many times we underestimate the power of our words. We don't recognize that our words will affect not only our life but the lives of others. There's nothing worse, and we've all experienced when you're walking through a grocery store, you're walking through a department store, which most of us are not doing that much of anymore because of COVID-19. But we all recognize, we see where all of a sudden the power of words, when all of a sudden you see a parent who loses control, all of a sudden starts shouting at their kid and they start saying something and you're going like, oh my gosh, and you're seeing those words that, and you see that kid just all of a sudden coward and all of a sudden you see how it's affecting. I see it all the time when I'm greeting. I love greeting, by the way. I love greeting all of you. 
In fact, I get in trouble because I'm late for worship, and I got to get into worship. You guys shouldn't be late for worship either, by the way. You need to get here on time, early, start to worship the Lord. Amen? Let's get here. Come on, let's do it. But I, I, I was, I'm outside, I'm greeting people, and, you know, as a pastor, hey, welcome. Man, it's great to see you. Man, it's awesome. I have a smile on my face. You're looking great today. And you can just see that they're, all of a sudden something starts to, yeah, hey, I feel pretty good today. Yeah, that's cool. Because words give life. They can. Or your pastor could be out there greeting people saying, man, hi, is something wrong with you? You don't look very good today. Man, are you tired? Man. You just seem like you're not, you're missing. And you know what? I could talk them right into going straight on home because they're not feeling good. Because there's power in our words. They can bring life or they can bring death. So let's do this. Because in Genesis chapter 1, do you know what takes place in Genesis chapter 1? God created the earth. He created the world. You know how he created the world? He spoke it into existence. Let there be light. And there was light. That's the power of your words. It creates. So today, I want to encourage all of us, this week, let's use our words to create positive momentum in people's lives. Let's use our words to do something good. The second thought I want to share with you today is the tongue is fueled by our thoughts. As I was reading the last illustration that James gives us regarding how a tiny spark can set a whole forest on fire, I felt the Lord reminding me the following thought. What fuels a forest fire? It's fueled by dryness. It's fueled by the underbrush that's lying on the ground. And a tiny spark will have little, will have little power, will have very little power if the forest is wet. But if that forest is dry, if it's ready for all of a sudden just a spark, it will just turn into a blaze of fire. It's the underbrush and the dryness of the, fi- of the forest that creates fuel for the fire. Listen to this Proverbs. You might have never heard this Proverbs. It's found in chapter 26, verse 20. It says, For the lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. The tongue is fueled by the thoughts that we let go unchecked in our life. Just like a fire cannot continue with fuel, negative words will stop when we stop fueling our minds with negative thoughts. We know that global warming is being blamed for a lot of the fires that we've seen recently over the last number of years. But the other argument or the other thing that contributes to a lot of the fires is the lack of clearing. We've, we've kind of taken this process where we choose not to clear the forest lands or clear property. So what happens is dead trees just remain on the ground and, and a lot of brush remains on the ground and it gets really, really super dry. And then all of a sudden all it takes is a spark and it lights the, lights the whole forest on fire. And I'm not trying to get environmental here. Um, but I was thinking about that. I felt like the Lord gave me this thought. It, was that it applies to us spiritually as well. When we allow dead thoughts to remain in our life. And what I'm saying is this. Sometimes we can forgive. We, oh, thank you. Okay, well, thank you. And, and, but yet we just kind of leave that thing back there just in case if we ever need it someday. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of like a, just kind of like a, 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 a dead tree that's fallen over. Uh, well, it's, you know, it's all good now, but 
I, I'm not going to clear it out of the way right now. I'm just going to leave that. And we, we leave these things that are dormant in our lives. And all it takes is a, a strike of lightning or all it takes is just an ember to set that thing on fire. And then all of a sudden you have a whole forest fire in your mind. And all of a sudden everything's exploding. And you start bringing up all the things from the past. And you start bringing up all these things. And then all of a sudden words that come out of your mouth that you are not expecting to come out start to come out. It's because we're allowing the power of our humanity to have control instead of the power of the Spirit of God. And there's times in our life that we need to go through our life and we need to just clear out the dead brush. We need to clear out the dead trees. We need to, the only way you can do that is through the Spirit of God. Amen. It's going into your room in private, in quiet time, and just crying out to God and saying, God, I give you all of this. It's no longer mine. It's yours. And God, and I've had this experience, me personally, God will take that stuff away and you will not have it, you will not carry it. And guess what? All of a sudden, you've taken away anything that the enemy can use against you. All of a sudden, he can't light that fire because all of a sudden, you don't have it in you. It's no longer in my thoughts. It's no longer in my mind. We need to get rid of all those things that can start a fire. Paul states that we must be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Meaning we need to allow God's spirit to change the way that we think. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to do the clearing of that, those dormant thoughts. It happens when we choose to truly forgive. Forgive and go like, it's over, it's done, it's gone. So many times in my life when this starts to work in the right way, it's when I stop thinking about myself. And I start thinking about the other person. See, so many times I come from the per perception, my rights, what happened to me, how this affected me, and I don't ever think about the other person. And when God all of a sudden puts in my heart, you are such a selfish little brat, Tom. Stop it. Stop it. Don't say amen that loud. Stop it. <laughs> and all of a sudden God, self God starts to correct me by his spirit and all of a sudden I start seeing the perception of the other person, the, the actions of the other person in a positive way. And all of a sudden it starts to change my mind. Jesus prayed over his disciples before he went to heaven, into the ascension. He prayed these words in John chapter 17. He said, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. We renew our minds through God's word. You see, I've shared with you how powerful your words are. Well, can I share something else? How powerful God's word is? God's word is so powerful, it can transform your life. All you need is a word from, his, from the Bible that always speaks into your life or the word from the Holy Spirit that can be life-changing in you. It can set you back on the right course. You see, the tongue is fueled by evil when our thoughts are left unchecked. Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 38, Whoever believes in me... As scripture has said, rivers of living water will float within them. You know, it's hard to have a hateful fire in your heart if you have the Holy Spirit and the water flowing through you. You can't have the two of them going together. It's like what James says, how does, how does fresh water and salty water come from the same sister? How does that work? How does it come from the same spring? It doesn't when we have the power of the Holy Spirit flowing in and through our lives. The Holy Spirit will help you eliminate that evil that remains dormant within you. He will give you control. The other thought that I was reminded of as I was reading this story about the fire is that the fire spreads because of wind. 
We have those things called the Santa Ana winds here in this valley. You know, we can all of a sudden have just one fire. And all of a sudden that wind comes through and it picks up the embers. And now we got a dozen fires going on. You know, our words can do the very same thing. All of a sudden we have something inside of us and we just don't want to keep it for ourselves. We want to be loving and share it with everybody. And so we go out there and gossip and we go share all these things. And all of a sudden we stir everything up in someone else. And it's not just the fire inside of us. And we're not talking about the spirit, the Holy Spirit of fire. I'm talking about a kind of more of a deceptive fire. All of a sudden I've started fires in everybody else and everybody else is at unrest. Because I haven't dealt with it. All I need to do is go straight to God. If I've offended someone, I need to go with them and ask for their forgiveness. But otherwise, I just need to go to God. I don't need to go to everybody else. I need to go spread. Did you hear what Latasha did to me this week? Did you hear what Latasha said about me? Man, can you believe? And all of a sudden, now i got several people doing something against Latasha, which is my great friend right here. But do you understand what I'm saying? All of a sudden, I'm turning people. We don't need to do that. We need to let the Spirit of God to have control over our lives. Gossip, hearsay, other negative words is like the wind that spreads the fire. It's an attitude. It's basically, if I'm going to be burned, someone else is going to burn with me. Remember, wind is both a carrier and it's a source of fuel. You see, a fire will not keep burning without oxygen. The reason that winds are so deadly when it comes to forest fires, not only that it carries the embers and starts other fires, but that wind brings oxygen to the fire and all of a sudden it just ignites in a, in a greater and greater way. You see, your thoughts provide oxygen or fuel to your words, which become a carrier of those negative thoughts. Your words are a carrier. Did you hear? Your words carry your thoughts. Your thoughts remain in you. If you don't ever share them, they're just with you. As soon as you start speaking the word, they start carrying your thoughts. Now let's take a moment and get the thought. Where does the source of our thoughts come from? Where do negative thoughts come from? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15, he says, The things that come out of a person's mouth come from their heart. comes from the heart. Our words originate from what's stored up inside of us. If you have fear, guess what's stored up inside of you? That's, guess what? Fear will come forth. If you have jealousy stored up inside of you, guess what? Jealousy will come forth. But as we choose to surrender our heart, and this is what's so important, as we choose to follow Christ and we give him everything, not just portion, but all of it. When we give him all of it, we give him our heart. He said, Lord, take everything. All of a sudden, he starts to transform what's happening inside of our lives. I shared one time about how our mouth is like a vent. To our heart or to our soul. One time Annette and I were walking down at the um, Irvine Spectrum. And we were walking along the pathway and all of a sudden, man, one of the restaurants, one of the steakhouses over there, they had their vent on high, man. And all of a sudden I smelled those steaks cooking. I mean, it was everything that I could, I mean, I wanted to go in right now and have a steak. They smelled so good. It was a wonderful but then on the way out, we were walking around, and I don't know if you ever smelled this, but at the Irvine Spectrum, there's a little pathway, and if you walk around that corner, there must be a sewer vent, and all of a sudden, I got a whiff of that sewer vent. Oh, my gosh, it was so pugnant. I, and I ran, you know, because I didn't want to smell that anymore. You know, sometimes that's what happens if you have people running away from you. Maybe you need to check what's happening inside of you. You see, your words have the power to draw people, give them hope, 
give them love or your words have the power to repel people because you give them hate. You give them gossip. You give them, and we, the power of our words. And see, the thing I didn't mention, but let me mention it right now. It goes both ways. It can be negative. But man, when the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, changing you from the inside out, there's something that takes place. And all of a sudden your words become sweet, lovely, and kind, and wonderful. person's words are a measurement to the health of their heart. We live in COVID days. We, before we get, be, begin our Sunday services, uh, we have someone come around and check all of our workers and they take our temp- temperature and make sure we're normal. Otherwise, we send you home if you're not, you don't have the temperature right. And, and I was thinking about that. And I was thinking, and I, I've, I've done this in my life. It's a, great, it's a great instrument. It's a great way to just check your thermostat of your heart. The thermostat of your soul is by just all of a sudden measuring the words that are coming out. If the words that are coming out of your life are not giving hope and not giving life, guess what? Maybe you're not spending enough time with Jesus. Because if you're spending enough time with Jesus, that's not going to happen in your life. If you're daily, all day, every day, spending time with Christ, asking the man, Lord, help me in this area of my life, guess what? Things start to change. They start to change in your life. And all of a sudden, and it's not that we don't ever make mistakes, but for the most part, the grace of God is with us and we're given life. And that's who we need to be in Christ. It's a great way to be able to measure your life is by the words that you say. The problem with most people, they just don't want to hang out with Jesus. That's real right there. That's so authentic right there. They just want to hang out with Jesus. They say they do. And I kind of step on your toes or all of our toes. And maybe you don't need to be stepped on. Maybe, maybe you're watching online you need to be stepped on. I don't know. I, I, let me step on my toes. There's weeks I get so busy. I'm a pastor at a church. And I can get so busy that I'm not spending time with Jesus. How does that work? It works. I'll tell you. I'll, I'm telling you, it happens. That's why we have so many failures in the church because of pastors. Because they get so involved in everything else, they forget the source. And that is Jesus. All day, every day, we've got to be spending time with Christ. We've got to have some alone time with Jesus. We need to be praying. We need to be asking God, man, change me from the inside out. James says it so eloquently and reminds us that faith without action is dead. If, there, if your actions don't show that you're spending time with Jesus, maybe do a self-check on yourself again because we need to be doing that. We need to be pursuing Jesus. It's appropriate. It leads me to my last point. The tongue is tamed by our faith in God. James in that passage of Scripture says that no one can tame the tongue. And when I read that Scripture, I don't know if you read that, I think, man, that's hopeless. I mean, that, gives, that doesn't give me a lot of hope. No one can tame the tongue. But what James doesn't really say, but what he really, you, if you read the whole passage, you understand, no one can tame the tongue except God. God has the power to do the impossible in your life. There is hope because there's a yes with God. Always remember, in any situation of your life, When you're going through difficult times, difficult things, your hope is always found in Jesus. If you've ever gone through a really difficult time and you're a follower of Christ, I will guarantee you've experienced what I'm talking about. Where all of a sudden there's nothing left and the only hope that you have is Jesus Christ. It's the other day, um, I think we all need to do this. Elaine was helping me on something and, 
and she couldn't get her program to work. It was not opening up. And I just reminded her, hey, just shut down the computer and restart it. And I don't know if you guys have experienced that, but you can have a major computer issue. And all you do is you shut it down and restart and everything's fine again. Sometimes in your life you need to hit the reset button. You just need all those sins shut down, close everything off, get alone with God. Jesus himself went out in the woods and spent time in prayer. Why? Because he was getting overwhelmed with the humanity that he was having to deal with each and every day. I mean, just dealing with Peter would send you to your knees. You know what I'm saying? We all have a Peter in our life at times. You know what I'm saying? And Jesus would go and spend time in prayer. And all of a sudden, it would basically, would spend time with his heavenly father. It would shut down. It would reset. And he was ready for the next day. We all need to do that in our lives at times. We need to have that. And when we do that, this is what happens with me. When I take time to do that, I stop loving things and I start loving people. Many times in my life what happens, I start loving things. Ooh, do you see my new car I'm driving? Ooh, it's pretty nice, isn't it? Yeah, do you see the new house? Nothing wrong with any of those things. But those things can't have my heart. If they have my heart, there's something desperately wrong with them. And so what, what we got to do is we got to reset and all of a sudden when we do that, we'll start, stop loving things and we'll start loving people. James asks this question. He says, how can cursing God and praising God come from the same mouth? That can't be right. Fresh water will not come from a salty spring. And I think as followers of Jesus, we need to remind ourselves on a regular basis, we are no longer a salty spring. We are no longer that old self that, that I used to remember. God has made me a new creation. And we just need to step out in faith and believe what God has done and say yes and amen to what God has changed in my life. And don't go back to the past. Don't go back to sin. Don't look back at those things that were dead because you've cleared them all away and you're moving forward with Jesus Christ. Amen. It reminds me of a story found in the book of Exodus chapter 15. We're about ready to close because Brett's come up. So there you go. Thank you. Thank you. The Israelites had been on a journey through the desert. They had gone without water for several days. They were getting thirsty. They stumble upon a pool of water. And they see that pool of water. They get all excited. They're running. Finally, we've got something to drink, and they go up to the water, and, and all of a sudden, it's bitter water. It's not healthy to drink. They can't drink of that water. It's bad. They start complaining to God. Moses goes to God and says, Moses goes, God, what can I do? God shows Moses over there is a piece of wood. Read the story for yourself, Exodus chapter 15, I believe. Go grab that piece of wood and throw it into the water. Moses goes over, he takes that wood, he chucks it over into the water. All of a sudden, that water that was bitter is now sweet. Completely fine to be able to drink. And there's times in our lives what happens that we get overwhelmed with everything of life and our life becomes bitter. The circumstances of life, they're bitter. Everything, all of a sudden, bitterness, bitterness, bitterness. And all of a sudden, we start allowing that bitterness to start coming out of our life. And I love this story in Exodus because it reminds me and remind, should remind you that it doesn't matter what bitterness you might be facing. God is the God of miracles, and he can take that bitterness and turn it into sweet wine. He can turn it into sweet water. He can turn it where it's all of a sudden something that was meant for evil, he can turn it around and mean it for good. 
He has the power to do that in your life. And all you have to do is choose to surrender, just like Moses. What am I going to do, Lord? Hey, look over there. There's something that can solve your problem. All we have to do is stop long enough and listen. God has the power to tame our bitter tongue and to turn it into sweet words that are life-giving and life-changing. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. By faith, we have to allow God to lead us as we, th- as, lead us as we think and speak. Your voice has the power to bring death or life. The scripture in Proverbs 18 reminds us that we're going to eat from whatever we produce. If you produce bitterness, you're going to eat from bitterness. What a practical thought. If you produce sweetness, you're going to eat sweetness. Whatever you produce, that's what you're going to eat from. Stop eating from bitterness. Let's let the power of the Holy Spirit to do a work inside of us so that our reward is that we'll have a sweetness about us that we can partake from and others will be able to enjoy around us. Let's never forget your words, my words, our words carry tremendous power. All day, every day, let's use our voice to bring forth life. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, God, that your word is more powerful than my word. I pray today, Lord God, for each and every one of us that we will speak forth righteousness, goodness, grace, love, kindness. Lord, do a work in us that changes us from the inside out. God, put your, your word says that we're supposed to clothe ourselves with righteousness. God, I pray that we would clothe ourselves with the power of your spirit. Let us make a difference in this world by the words that we say, I pray. With every head bowed, eyes closed, I did this in first service. I do it with you today. Maybe you're here watching us online, or maybe you're here in the audience. And you have never made a confession of faith toward Jesus Christ, and that's the power of your words. There was one time when Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And, and they said all kinds of, Elijah, John the Baptist. And he said to Peter, he said, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter claims, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It was a proclamation about who Christ was in his life. Some of you need to make that proclamation in your life today. Where you need to proclaim that Jesus is Lord of my life. That the enemy no longer has any foothold in my life. That I choose to follow Christ all day, every day in my life. If you've been struggling and you know that you're away from God, I want you to just say this prayer with me today in this audience and online as well. Because I believe that God has the power right now to set you free. Free from the bitterness, free from the circumstances, free from the troubles of life. Say this prayer with me, all of us, right now. Lord Jesus, I choose to follow you. Forgive me in my sins. I proclaim your righteousness over my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, give me the power of your Holy Spirit today. Help me to do what is right. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast. 
because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.